Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. Oh, Nick Chickwidden's been vital in that way. Keith Coleman, he, Keith Coleman's a bloody legend yeah. amongst you, you Glenelg guys, uh, yeah. past players amazing. wise, and that. Yeah, you you do yeah. a fantastic job, Glenelg. I've got to be yeah. fair. Yeah, no, well, so do Norm, mate. You know they 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 get on the hill there and all the rest. And we run that bar on the where the old grandstand yeah. was, and you know any home game you go to, there'll be fifteen or twenty of the boys working on the bar or, or having a drink, normally more than that, to be honest. And Keith drives all that. And, you know, it's amazing, like, you know, Sue, Peter Carey was president and still on the board, and he still does his shifts yeah. in, the, in the bar. Yep, so I've seen Piggy that. And, yep. uh, Bob Whelan, who's the, um, you know, David Whelan, who's our current president, he does his shifts, you know, in the bar nearly every home game in between all this other stuff. And it's sort of a good catch-up time, Anyway, but it's just incredible the amount of guys who get around it. It's like a day out. It helps a bit when the the footy's going well on the ground, but it just shows you, you know, the strength of your footy club is runs from your board, your president and your board downwards. And, you know, we've had an amazing board over the last 10 or 12 or 14 years. Blokes who've done it for a long, long time and have been committed. And the only way they can get off the board now is when they introduce their replacement has got to be someone of a similar calibre and that's how it works now. And, yeah. You know, the results, you know, you know. They do speak for themselves, yeah. Well, poor old Brett Hand at the end. Two, yeah. You know, I, you know yeah. cutting him loose after making the finals two years in a row was was pretty a pretty tough decision. Everyone really liked Brett. He's a ripper bloke. He's a great bloke, He was Brett. doing a pretty good job, but the club thought they had to make the call and in the end, it's a strong board that does that, and rightly or wrongly, they, they got a result this year. So uh, not easy times to make those calls, and there's a lot of sympathy around for Brett. I'm sure he doesn't want our sympathy, but he did a great job and was a very popular bloke around the footy oh, club. he's a great bloke, the Brett. Day, the footy club probably got to say they got it right because we won a flag. So not easy, but, um, yeah, Obviously, he's a, with him still. Yeah. Yeah, the Nord link with Brett because he played at Nord, at Nord and that. And, yeah, yeah. Some couple other links with with Brett with the Robinson yeah, fam, family yeah. and that. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports, local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer. 
basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete once again, joined with Malcolm and um, Tony Simons, part two. You know, really good to, to see him come back to Glenelg and, and, and do a little bit of coaching and still heavily involved with the Glenelg Footy Club and richly, reserved, uh, sorry, richly deserved to be part of uh, the uh, Premiership in 2023. Still very much bleeds black and gold, Simo. Big, he's a huge uh, person, figurehead in some way, and that, down the whole Bay Area. Yep. In the pubs, all that. Um, no, he's a, he's a good man, Simon. A lot of respect. Absolutely. Thank him for his time. Around the Grounds. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the tennis here in Adelaide, the basketball, baseball, um, and one of our guests today is uh, Greg Anderson, so we're looking forward to that. But we'll kick off with the AFL. Uh, the trade period finished, uh, 34 trades made. Pretty much all everybody that requested to be traded got traded in the in the end. In the end, yeah, the cloak and dagger, and then it's com- completed five da- minutes beforehand. You know, the, the stand- Mexican standoff between Port and Eston and Port and Geelong, Geelong. over Ragalia and ends up like draft choice 76 gets thrown in, whatever. Grow up, both clubs, get on with it, get it done. It seemed that the trade period started a little bit earlier this year, but then there was a bit of a lull, yeah. and then all of a sudden there was a big flurry. So, yeah. whereas in previous years everything got done within the last two days, and it was, you know, speculation. And yeah. at least this year we sort of knew a little bit more. A couple of surprises that were obviously thrown in there. Do we think Sydney, Essendon, and Port are probably the three big winners? I think Sydney, especially personally, Grundy, that and Grundy and Adams. The small ground, the SCG, I think that throws a whole new dimension back to Sydney. Yeah, I think Essendon, look, let's forget, remember too how good Dersma was when he started at Port. If you can recapture that, mm. they've, got a, they've got a bargain Absolute basement garden. there. Yep. Oh, look, I do think Port have upgraded their ruck stocks with Soldo and Sweet, just upgraded a bit mm-hmm. because Lysett's body was banged up. Yep. Um, probably the youngster showed a bit. And it's put, left be interesting to see what Port do now. Like at the moment, there's still got to be some delistings yep. because there's no way in the world they're going to go in with five ruckmen on their list, which they've got at the moment. So yep. it's, it's a little bit uh, bizarre. I'm surprised that Sam Hayes didn't fit in there somewhere and get traded. Um, I'd, I would have him. I would have him at Adelaide in a, in a second. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, fair call. Um, who might be worth having another look? Uh, Riley Bonner, Haitley, Teakle, obviously from the local. Oh look, I hope Riley. I hope Riley gets picked up. Look, let's also remember he was Port's best player in that uh, prelim that prelim final when they got thumped by Western Bulldogs. Yep. Now, there ain't that many Port guys you can say have added, you know, tick, big tick performed yep. in a big game, and then mm-hmm. he's sort of fallen from favour there. Yeah, there's some weakness in his game, you know, and that. But I there's a bit of upside as well. I, I think there is. I, I, he's the one there for me. Tickle showed a bit and then got injured. Um, yeah, look, Haitley, I just, I just don't think his disposal is good enough. He gets the footy at SNFL level, but mm-hmm. he 
just burns the ball too much. And I yep. just don't think he's quite quick enough. No, fair call. I think he'll be a good player at Central, though. So. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later in our happy, happy days because uh, he's got a birthday uh, coming up uh, this week or just had one recently. So we'll talk about him a little bit more in depth a little bit later. Uh, another lengthy ban uh, for a big tackle in the AFLW. Look, it's people are still objecting to it. They're not seeing the whole picture. People just don't understand how big this concussion issue is, uh, and how anyone's still living under a rock to not understand it, and that they've got to err on that side, being mm-hmm. hard on it, not err. Oh, that was a little bit of an accident. No, that's not the option. Yeah, so, yep, absolutely. Keep going. And um, obviously the drug saga came out yeah. in the last week or so with uh, Smith and Hollands, and yeah, that one sort of took everybody by surprise. Everything um, not quite right at Melbourne either. There's a few rumblings yeah. around the place, and oh, I, this sort of just adds to it, doesn't it? Look, let's be honest. We'd be extremely naive not to thank pe- people at uh, all clubs. Look, I will be honest. It's a subject I have, may have chatted about a previous guest who – uh, on the show at length with his role role as an administrator at, at an AFL club mm-hmm. and that and I think we're just naive and you just you can argue oh are they hard enough but it, it's such a huge issue. Yep. You know I do remember one night to with a uni mate he said right if I wanted this I'd go there well this I'd go there yep. I could get it within ten minutes. Yep. Jeez, you know and yeah there is a whole other. Uh, oh, it is. Look, when I worked at Footy Park where I used to do the raffle uh, and then. I would see three to five drug deals done a game in the car park. Yep. So it's, yeah. Yep. It's a different world. Uh, it's a segment of society that yes. obviously, you know, affects everybody. doesn't matter whether you're an AFL professional footballer or you're the uh, the uh, the local council worker, so to speak. And, yeah. And, uh, I, and, you know, yes, these players are put a little, a little bit on a pedestal and, yes, there does need to be a little bit of... Um, uh, song and dance about it being an issue, but uh, I think you know the, the AFL are getting better about dealing with it and, and helping players through this because it is an addiction in some respects. Oh yeah, and look, it's time, um, and, that, and don't think betting's not a huge issue amongst a lot of AFL players as well. Um, talking to a person on the way, a father of a youngster who's recently been on an AFL list and discussing that with him and. A club's concern with one player on the weekend was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of an education as well. Mm-hmm. So, no, fair call. All right, we'll move on to some cricket, mate. The Redbacks, uh, we were singing a bit of a song and a dance last week. They've got some matches coming up. Um, how, how are we? How are we looking at this stage? Look, promising in terms of the Shield. Big game against WA coming up. So we've had three home games to start. Very disappointing against Tasmania, where we batted terribly. Uh, Good effort against uh, against New South Wales, where there was a bit in the wicket, which I thought was a pleasant change for Adelaide Oval. Um, I thought it was a good cricket wicket. Um, obviously, some of the batsmen didn't think that. No, nope. uh, I. So that, but then yeah, disappointing in the one day as again, where again we got in a situation to win the game and didn't finish it, which has been the case in every in our three one days. Yep. So far, so. Yeah, that's that's been something we can correct relatively quickly, or is it it's something probably, that just continues to fester and and becomes a problem for the entire season? Well, it's disappointing that two years ago we were compare, better, and then last year made the one day final. Now I admit I did go to the Kenzie to watch that that final, and that was a long few hours watching that sipping on the cokes. So that mm-hmm. um, 
where we filtered like we filtered like drunk, like we were drunk. Yep. Um, it's been disappointing then to go back there. So realistically, probably making that finals already out of the equation. So yep. yeah, disappointing there. But look, Shield big game this week coming up the next week. So against WA here where. Uh, Richardson, Jai Richardson was due to come back for WA, but he hurt his shoulder playing here in a second eleven game. Yep. So he's out again. So that's okay. A bit of a bit of a bit of a blow career. for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, BBLW uh, started off with a bit of a bang, and the um, the uh, Adelaide Strikers looking to go back to back, and certainly played pretty well at Karen Rolton the other. The yeah, other day. it was an incredible to bowl the opposition out for. 29, 29 yep. you're quite ridiculous. And, you know, considering they had three internationals, Meg Lamming uh, in the in the Melbourne Stars, but, yeah, then a bit disappoint- disappointing. Yesterday, Adelaide only made 87, I think it was, yep. against the Renegades. So, yeah, a bit hot and cold, as we know South Australian cricket can, teams, can unfortunately, can be. So. Well, the Scorpions are doing, doing okay at the yeah. moment. So, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, they're due... Uh, for a uh, another another good season as well, so we'll see how we go with that. Um, Afghanistan takes down Pakistan, which sort of helps the Aussies during the World Cup. Yeah, it has, and it's look, it's just more probably pleasing for world cricket now that you've had Afghanistan, Netherlands, Bangladesh, Bangladesh. Everybody's all had, had a win. wins. Yep, and how beautiful it is with England on the bottom at the moment. It's a <laughs> lovely Premiership table to look at. Yes. Um. So yeah, I, I just think that's good for world cricket, though. So yeah, Australia have been a bit better. I just think it's really more the players. You need your top order to fire. Yep. Now, Warner got dropped on a cat against Pakistan where, Pete, you and I could have caught that with... You could have caught that opening your bum cheeks. It was probably as easy a catch I've seen dropped in international cricket. Yep. Um, you immediately thought, Jesus, they're betting there. I'm sorry yep. that you immediately think of that yep. in cricket nowadays because it was so easy. And then Warner and Mitch Marsh sm- smashed them. We fell away, but three six seven was always going to be a pretty hard total to chase Absolutely. down. And yeah, now Pakistan have gone from there. They're probably struggling to make the semis from here. So yeah, it was a good result for Australia. So Australia just starting to fire a little bit. A little bit. Is it a bit of a false economy? Uh, you know. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I'm not yet. convinced either. Yeah, I'm yeah. not convinced. Our bowling hasn't been great. Yep. Nor is our fielding, which has probably been more disappointing. Yep. Yeah. Look. Hopefully Travis does strengthen our side, but he's been out for a fair while. It's a big environment to suddenly get shoved back in. Mm-hmm. My understanding is he's only 50-50 to, for tomorrow's games against Netherlands. He's more likely to play on Saturday against New Zealand. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously the Netherlands game would be the ideal game yeah. to ease him into, but yeah. if he's still only 50-50 and not quite 100%, then don't take the risk, especially if you've brought him back over there to have a bit of an impact at the pointy end of the, the, the tournament. Yeah, so we'll see how he goes. All right. All right, let's move on to the AFLW. Round eight completed. Um, some interesting results. I think Adelaide got the reality check that they uh, they probably needed a little bit and Matty Clark came out pretty strongly and said, you know, I don't like losing. And, you know, we've all been in team sports where we've all been in that situation where we don't like losing. But maybe uh, Brisbane... Are that bogey team a little bit for the Crows, and it wasn't such a bad thing after all. I think it's more the bit you do learn more when you lose than yep. when you win. You do go through things. Games. Look, I'll be honest. I would. I look forward to catching up with Maddie on Sunday because I don't get how 
Ebony Marinoff got votes, coaches' votes mm-hmm. the week before. Uh, it's still I'm shaking my head in disbelief, and I certainly know another Adelaide official thought she shouldn't have either. Yep. Um, yeah, so I just think out of that, they were probably a little bit unlucky with a couple of decisions, but they were lucky in terms of Brisbane. Yeah, the old weird where this Australian's a, a weird game where you kick more goals than the opposition but lose. <laughs> yes. Um, but that probably was an indication a bit of how much Brisbane did have the play. Obviously, three so. points was the t- the end result, but Brisbane got out to a bit of a lead there yeah. or through the second quarter, and then Adelaide chipped away. A little bit warm up in Brisbane at the moment, so may take a bit of a toll on some players. Maybe they sort of you're pretty good about rehydrating, and they know all that nowadays. Looking the Adelaide fifty they gave away for the goal to hit Brisbane in the front the last quarter. Yeah, it was pretty dumb footy. She didn't yep. lurch forward. It was definitely a correct call. Um, yep. So out of that, you know, look, there's been a lot of complaints about by the umpiring. I only saw the highlights, yep. and then I've only watched the last five minutes. And in that, I've seen six free kicks to Brisbane, and they're all there. Yep. I didn't think yeah. there was a real blatant error whatsoever in the in the bit I saw. We've seen so, some blatant ones in the past yeah. where. Uh, Umpiring not in the right positioning, yeah. or the interpretation may have been slightly off. But uh, if you're, I'm going to go with your your call yeah, on this one. I if you saw. thought that you know, 99 yeah. of them were where they should be, then fair as call. I said, I've only seen the highlights. Yep. I didn't see the whole game. I was obviously just around the corner from here on Saturday watching yep. Payne and cricket. Yep. Um. So yeah, but I'll be uh, back to obviously seeing the full game on yep. the scoreboard on Sunday. Sunday. Uh, we move on to Port Adelaide. They actually had a draw against the Gold Coast. It yeah. was an ent- entertaining game in the end. It uh, ebbed and flowed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, Gold Coast looked like they had their chances, and then Port looked like they had their chances as well. And uh, with around about nine minutes to go, I thought, oh, Port have got this. They've done enough. And Gold Coast just sort of found a way to, to, to get there in the end. And then this mad scramble down yeah. the southern end at Albert. Albert and to try and rush the ball forward just for a point. Uh, uh, interesting game, very interesting. Yeah, game. look, probably a fair result in the end. Um, and that way, look, I think Melbourne are the team to beat. Um, I think they may have taken Adelaide a bit lightly. So, and that I still think Melbourne and Adelaide it'll, it'll give us a bit more of a gauge about North Melbourne on mm-hmm. Sunday. So Absolutely. we'll wait see on that on Sunday. Uh, Thank you for bringing up the uh, Melbourne and North Melbourne game. Yeah. Obviously, Melbourne winning that game by 23 points. And, you know, we sort of wondered how that might play out with Melbourne playing North Melbourne and, and Adelaide playing Brisbane, how it all might fold uh, unfold. Um, I think we got our uh, a little bit of a glimpse at some of, the, uh, of what we might see in the next couple of weeks. But um, we've obviously got to move on to round nine. Yeah, unfortunately, it now looks unlikely that the grand final will be at the home of football, but ah, well. That's the way it goes. Yes. Round nine, Adelaide, uh, you know, interesting that Melbourne are playing the Dockers, um, you know, and, and North Melbourne are obviously playing the Crows. So top spot now sort of becomes a little bit more about unlikely. Uh, so it's, it's maintaining, more got to win maintaining second, second spot. Yeah, yeah. correct. And look, they look to get Sarah Allen back this week. Now it'll be it's going to be her first game of the year, but she, Sarah Allen, I really respect her footy smarts. Gets in the right spot. She has worked under me at a coaching clinic. I've got a lot of time for Sarah. Yep. And that, um, I think she's a big in. Yep. Uh, necessary in in defence. You know, maybe a bit rusty, but she'll go to the right spots. So yeah, welcome Sarah back on Saturday on uh, Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, Adelaide um, 
warm favourites, obviously, being at Norwood Oval. Uh, how do we see North attacking this game, considering, you know, they're, they're looking for that double chance too? I'll probably take the game on a bit more. I think they'd be disappointed. They only kicked two goals against Melbourne last week. Yep. I think they'd probably look at that and go, hey, hang on, we've probably got to just crack and have it be a bit more aggressive. So mm-hmm. we'll, see, we'll see what transpires on Sunday. Oh, fair call. And then Port Adelaide uh, playing the Hawks. Um, you know, Port are trying to blood some of these young players, still trying to learn some positioning. They were impressive at times against Gold Coast last week. So things are just starting to turn over. But like we've mentioned before, the, the teams that have come later to the competition yeah, starting from are a long way just back. starting to uh, find their feet a little bit and it's going to take a little bit of, yeah. a little bit more time. But I think this might be an entertaining clash uh, as well. Yeah, I think they're probably, you know, they're going to have some high draft choices. I dare say they'll try and recruit, you know, a couple more marquee Sort of players again, and that to get them back around the mark. As we know, Port won't like being where they are, mm-hmm. and think, right, hang on, what can we do here? So, it'd be interesting developments there. Absolutely, all right. Uh, so, at this stage, we still keep Brisbane as part of that uh, four that I probably so. could take yeah, it out. I think so. Melbourne, obviously, uh, for you, you, look like the team at the yep. moment. Yeah. Uh, Adelaide around the mark, and uh, and and North Melbourne as well. So we'll see how that one plays out. And like we said, we've had some interesting results. Yep. We'll see how we go from there. All right, let's take a very, very quick break. When we come back, we've got the tennis, uh, some of the basketball, and uh, a little bit of baseball news. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Well, wouldn't you know it, mate, but um, tennis season has started here in Adelaide, and um, we've got the uh, City of Playford uh, international being played this week. We've got some top 100 players actually starring. A couple of uh, Australians, uh, Kimberly Burrell, uh, Tanasi Kokonakis and uh, Rinki Hitchikata. Headline an impressive draw in the Australian Pro event here in South Australia, which uh, not a lot of people may know about, but obviously yeah. the Play for Tennis Centre obviously was built for one purpose and yeah. they're utilising it. Yeah, it probably hasn't got as much publicity as you would have thought. You know, there's some reasonable names there and, yeah, it hasn't really been around much on the traps. Um, I mean, we obviously think of Memorial Drive as the the, the home of of tennis. Uh, Obviously, at various times of the year it is. Um, But, you know, this is an $80,000 event. It's not not, not for for anything uh, uh, cheap bickies. We're getting these top players coming to this event, not only for their points, but obviously to earn some some pretty good money. And it's uh, a a testament to the City of Playford for... uh, you know, putting some money into a, an, an international tennis centre. Yeah, so hopefully it works and gets, you know, because the lack of publicity is a bit of a worry. We'll see how it goes and probably obviously expand next week. Absolutely, we certainly will. Uh, been around for a little while, this tournament, but it's only growing in reputation. So, again, uh, with the way that things are restructuring a little bit within the ATP Tour and the WTA Tour, these sort of events are now becoming more and more popular, which is fantastic. All right, we move on to the basketball. We we, we put the call out last week. Yes. We know the Redbacks were, you know, hurricane, earthquake. They're top of the table. Uh, you know, uh, you know, doing everything that they can. We said to the, we're only second. No, now, but we'll keep that quiet. No, we were. <laughs> we, we were top at that stage. We were. Uh, and we we sort of put the call out to the basketballs. Hey, you know, come on, boys, let's yes. let's let's uh, really start to put a few things together. And maybe some of them have been listening to this uh, podcast, or 
The Almighty above has said, "Hey, hang oh, on, no, they've it's, suffered it's, enough. No, Let, let's totally, go." Let's be honest; it's totally because of us, mate. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, CJ Bruton, obviously, very happy that they put in a forty, uh, good forty-minute effort against the Wildcats. A little bit disappointed against uh, Southeast Melbourne, yeah. but um, you know, winning eighty-nine to seventy-eight. Uh, Started to sort of see the turn of things, but a little bit of player uh, meetings or not crisis meetings, but, you know, when the players in, are empowered and put in that situation where they get together and they go, hey, come on, let, let's well, go. We've got to do something because about against it. Against South Melbourne, it was one point the difference, three minutes for half time, and suddenly it's 14 points at half time. The game's virtually blown away in mm. that three minutes. So that was... The real disappointing part of that game, and against Perth they were behind at one stage, but then came through. So look, hopefully that starts things a bit. Yep. So we'll just wait and see. Absolutely, all right. And then um, we'll move on to the baseball. Curtis Mead. Uh, yes. We haven't talked about him uh, too much, obviously, because of the AFL season and yep. everything else. Uh, the baseball, which is just starting to come to its World Series uh, part. Curtis Mead, obviously, an Adelaide born, yes. uh, Adelaide Giant. Premiership player from last year. He made his debut for the Tampa Bay Rays this year in the MLB, which is a big thing, uh, yep. moving from, uh, obviously, Australian League through the uh, minor league. system, yep. Yep. Minor, uh, minor league systems in America. Very impressive debut for the Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, we have to claim him as our own, oh, an Adelaide player. Very much so. So, you know, huge, huge achievement by Curtis, and, yeah, hopefully to now start putting his mark on at the elite level. And, yeah, so it's great news. And, obviously, the uh, we talked a little bit last week about the Phillies and how they do have a uh, fairly strong tie here with Adelaide. It looks like we're going to be seeing uh, a few players over the next couple of weeks with signings. But, obviously, being played at the moment, the divisional finals, they were 2-0 up when we talked last week. It's now 3-all and we're in Game yeah. 7 of both. Yes. Uh, divisional games. Uh, one of them uh, currently being played as we do this podcast and the other one being played tomorrow. Uh, we'll have those results for you next week. So um, we'll see who our uh, World uh, Series finalists are yeah. and we'll, we'll talk, maybe talk about it in a little bit more depth. Yep. All right, mate. Uh, we're going to move along um, uh, to our past players, past legends. Greg Anderson will be kind enough to join us today and hopefully uh, give us some insight into his career, not only at Port Adelaide, at Essendon, Adelaide, uh, some of his lo- he, local coaching, um, you know, there was a whole lot that uh, yep. we want to ask uh, Greg and um, we hope to uh, bring a few funny stories as well. Past players, past legends, past legends. And we welcome Greg Anderson aboard. Greg, 138 games for uh, for Port Adelaide in two stints, 103 for Essendon, 59 for Adelaide. So cracking the magical 300-game barrier, 12 state games, two-time SNFL Premiership player in 95-96, of course the McGarry medal in 86, twice All-Australian in 87 and 93, Foss Williams medal in 93, South Australian Football Hall of Fame inducted in 2019, Australian Sports Medal 2000, Coach South Adelaide. He's been around the traps in the coaching world as well. Welcome aboard, Ando. Welcome, yeah, thank you. 
Thanks for joining us. And uh, we were just chatting uh, earlier, and um, we were talking about your your games at Port Adelaide. How the Wikipedia hadn't uh, updated uh, so the extra games. Yeah. So Malcolm has quickly <laughs> adjusted that one there, and we did have a slight technical issue. But uh, thanks for bearing with us, um, and thanks for joining us, mate. Um, We'd like to start with you, you, if we've got time after all of those uh, stats that Malcolm has uh, has read out there. Um, we'd like to start with you, juniors. You know, was footy always your, your number one uh, sport? Yeah, most definitely. I had two older brothers that uh, were just really passionate about footy, and you know, my dad. Uh, he played, uh, well, we played a couple of games for for Rosewater in the, in the Div One, and he was. He was part of the 1957 Premiership, Bay One Premiership team with them. So I think, uh, yeah, footy was a big part of our family. And we were, you know, growing up at Cheltenham, we were really, you know, full-on Port Adelaide supporters, like probably on the crazy side of it. Yeah, Ando, though, you did play in a Woodville Mini League Premiership side with Timmy G. And he did mention that, I think. Yeah, so should you have been a Woodville player, though, technically? No, we got uh, we got selected in mini league through your school. So okay. at that stage, yeah, I was at uh, St Michael's uh, Beverley, which was in the Woodville area. So yeah, we got to play mini league uh, um, yeah for Woodville, which which was great. But I also played um, when I was at Mount Carmel at Rosewater. I was in grade three, and we didn't we, just to fill the numbers. They needed a couple of the young ones, and I got asked to play uh, uh, in a mini league game against Central Districts at Albert and Oval. Um, uh, which was absolutely fantastic, and I, I still remember, you know, lining up with the with the players running out after half time, and and seeing Russ Leavitt and Greg Phillips and Peter Void and uh, Carl Fragamini and you know, Kimmy Kinnear. It was a just a huge thrill for me. He's playing mini league in grade three. You've almost qualified as a life member of bloody mini league by the end of <laughs> grade seven, Ando. Oh no! Yeah, I, I thought oh, Mr. King's name was. I didn't even know why I thought of his name then, but. He come up and said, "But we just need some some more numbers." Uh, and I asked my mum and dad, and they said, "Yep, you can play." And out uh, I go, and I kicked a couple of goals too. So that was uh, so that was uh, something pretty special. So your junior career, or you know, so primary school, and then of course St Michael's, leading to the bit of your league debut for Port for Port Adelaide when you were still at school. Then, Ando, go through that experience, mate. And I admit I have got a bit of information from your brother-in-law, from uh, Danny, on that one. So go for it, mate. Well, it was just interesting. I mean, I've done a, um, I got invited to a pre-season and, and uh, at the end of 82 um, for the 83 season. And, um, yeah, it was a really tough pre-season. I always remember that. And uh, I played a practice match and, and uh, lucky enough, I you know, got a few kicks and I kicked a few goals and, and they thought, oh, you know, so I played in another practice match and I came on, on after half time and uh, played okay again, uh, which was which was great. And then the following week, I played, yeah, I played the next two weeks of the start of the season in the reserves. And round three, uh, they uh, um, I got my first league game against uh, Sturt um, at Footy Park. And, uh, you know, it's quite interesting crowds back in those days because there's about 21,000 people there. So, yeah. Uh, it was a it was a big game and and a big win. We were down by three or four at half time, and we ended up winning by three or four. So now go through uh, the experience of going back to Alberton and what happened back at Alberton and uh, your thought thoughts after that, Ando. That at sixteen you thought bloody hell, this could be a good good uh, good fun each each good week. Gig, yep. Go through that experience, well, mate. Yeah, it was 
it was obviously absolutely fantastic to you know to win the game and and to sing the club song and have all these kids running the oval and you know asking for your autograph and you know it was a really big thrill and then um, I remember I had to, my dad dropped me off at the Albert Noble um, and uh, the, the president of the club at the time was he was going to drive me home because I, I don't think I had my license. Um, so first of all, I couldn't get in. Uh, the bounce, because uh, I, I didn't have a badge or anything because I was a member. Um, I wasn't expecting to play sort of league footy at the start of the year. Um, and so actually Brian Cunningham, uh, he actually sort of helped me convince a bouncer that this young actually played league football. Yep. So, um, so you know, in I go and um, the place was packed. Because I'd never really been before. Because I, I played juniors at Port, but I never went back to after a league game. And um, and either the two reserve games, I I didn't go back to the club because I had homework. I was still in my year 12. Um, so I remember sort of going back. I just couldn't believe the people. Um, and I'll never forget sitting sitting next to Craig Bradley. And he goes, oh, you know, we have donations here. I said, no, what do you mean? He goes, when, as people come up to up the top of the stairs, there's a, a sort of guy over there at the desk and he's taking little donations from people saying, you know, a couple of bucks here and a couple of bucks there. And, and, and then they uh, are doing awards after the, you know, the winning game. I said, that's good. He goes, but you might be all right. So you're probably going to get 40 or $50. And I thought, you're kidding me, 40 or 50 bucks. Yeah, this is this is huge, you know. <laughs> And so, and so they started calling up players in three. So, um, I was sort of hadn't been called at that stage. And Craig said, "Look, it's good that you're not called up yet. You want to be the last couple, yep. uh, because that's that's sort of where the big bucks are, you know." And then so, right the last, so basically, I knew obviously I'm in the last three. And they said, uh, third best player, Craig Bradley, and uh, second best player, myself, and best player was Bomber Clifford. So, up the three of us go. And uh, so Craig, I think Craig ended up with, you know, 40 bucks or something, which was still, was big money. Um, so anyway, they started calling mine out and they had, uh, you know, calling out, the, you know, the families, the surnames of the families and they donated this and they donated that, the boys at the bar donated that, the boys on the hill donated that and, and all that sort of stuff. And um, and they sort of said second best player goes to myself uh, and it was, uh, it was about $1,100. Yeah. I, I was uh, I was pretty popular at school the next day when I got to school. I, I got to a couple of red backs with me and uh, shared a few uh, Kitchener buns and honey sticks and uh, salad sandwiches. And it was uh, it was it was quite amazing how you know you get up in the morning all, all of a sudden you're on the front page of the paper, you know, kicking the footy and you know you know port you know port beating stirred, you know big crowd and and they use my photo of me kicking the ball and I'm on the front page of the advertiser. It was you know it was. You know, I had to pinch myself, you know, so, uh, and to play for my dream, um, you know, Port Adelaide and play, uh, you know, alongside of Russell Ebert, and yeah. Timmy Deere and Timmy Evans and, you know, Craig Bradley, Tony Giles, Andy Paul Pleasure, Brian Cunningham, you know, I was, I was in heaven. Yeah. Now, mate, uh, we do a little bit of research uh, and uh, we came up with uh, the athletics. Was there a little bit of athletics through your schooling there that might yeah, have piqued your interest? Really- I was, yeah, I was really big into athletics. I absolutely loved it. It was, it was probably one of those decisions that you know, uh, I, I sort of had to make. Really, I mean, I, I was very passionate with the, with the hurdles and and uh, really enjoyed playing football. And um, yeah, it was interesting because I I had a national carnival in Melbourne, and I, we, you know, I was running under 18s. So I was only 16, but um, I sort of done all my events, which is the Thursday and the Friday. So. 
I was going to stay over, and that's when Port actually rang me and said, look, we'd like you to come back and play in a practice match. Um, and so it was a big difference, you know, being on the staying line by yourself and, you know, running a race and, and all that. To all of a sudden, you know, the siren going, you know, after playing yes. a half a footy in the league side, and all these kids are wanting your autograph. I'm going, oh, this is unreal, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was, I think, you know, my first love was always football, and um, but I, I certainly uh, really enjoyed uh, doing athletics and, yeah, that was it was good fun, big part of my life. I think you were always considered though to be a bit of a chance. Like, I know that Phil Phil Carmen's the one which athletics consider sort of got away. That it was there's always been the opinion around the traps that he wouldn't have only been an Olympian that he would have medalled in the in as a decathlon event. So wow. yeah, yeah, because he held school records at Pembroke for over thirty years. Um, Carmen, wow, he was yeah, incredible. Man, he was a, he had a great height, he had great strength. And I can actually, you know, sort of picture him being a multi-eventer. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I can see that. And geez, he had plenty of aggression. And you need that over two really tough days of competition. So, yeah, I, I sort of probably would agree with that. Yeah. So then go through, Ando, with the controversy. And it's a big call that uh, because back then uh, college, college football was sort of the mecca and, yeah, that you had to play college footy. So you left uh, St. Michael's and went to Woodville, uh, Woodville High, to continue playing league league footy. So go through that as a you know a decision in year 12. So it's a big call as well, Ando. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a big call. I mean, I've been at St. Michael's since grade four. That was, a, that was when it actually, the school had actually started in those days. And, um, yeah, got through my year 12. And then, yeah, I'd, I'd already played first 18 and third year and fourth year. And we had a tremendous year in fourth year. I think we only lost one game, and that was the last game of the year uh, to PAC by a couple of points. Um, and so the following year, I'm you know, doing that pre-season with Port, and I thought, geez, I'm, I'm a chance to play some league footy. All of a sudden, I'm playing league footy, and the, and the headmaster called me in and said, look, you know, if you don't play school football, you're, you're going to have to make a choice, which I found was really because I certainly wanted to graduate at St. Michael's College. I had all my, you know, most, 80% of my class I'd been at school with since grade four and more, you know, and so it was a, a really big call. But I just felt that I don't think I could have played another year of first 18. I, I, that would have been my third year and, you know, everything's about development and uh, yeah. and that's why I always felt the school got that wrong. You know, yep. I really believe that because of the fact that, you know, you get promoted as you, as you, you know, your classes as the years go on. Um, and uh, I can't stay at the same level for three years when, you know, I was playing well enough to certainly think, well, I've pretty much ready to step out of first 18, you know, and, and, and part the next level. And certainly if I was, you know, when I was playing reserve football, I, I thought, well, that's OK, I'll, I'll play first 18. But once I started being a regular player with the, the A-grade side, I thought, no, well, you know, this is this is the level I've, I've I've dreamt of that's it's, it's you know it's my it's this is my dream of you know unfortunately I was never going to be a doctor or a surgeon and I'm sure there's some students who were dreaming that but for me um, yeah they you know they certainly for some reason put sport in front of you know schooling and and um, uh, on this instance that's for sure yeah, yeah. interesting that uh, yeah that, that that still happens and still does happen to a certain degree in in some yeah respects, I think but it's not a little as, bit better now not not as much as it was yeah, yeah that's for sure mate uh, obviously 1983 you cemented yourself uh, in the Port Adelaide side um, 84 
uh, had what type of year did you have? And take your time talking about <laughs> the grand final too, Andrew. Well, you, I was you leading. You can talk for a couple of hours about the grand final. I was leading like. into that slowly. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, 84, I, obviously, you know, sort of, I really felt um, that I sort of warranted my position and, and uh, that I worked hard again pre-season that, uh, um, and that uh, you know, I, I wanted to play on the wing and, and I felt like I, I, you know, sort of scratched my, my name in the, the uh, you know, the coach's board that, um that position I really was hoping I could play week in, week out. And, you know, I was lucky enough to play my first state game that year as well. As, uh, I think it was on my 18th birthday. Um, so it was a really, a, you know, as much as my first year was just so tremendous and it was a really big thrill and, you know, um, and I was learning, um, you know, to really try to just, you know, hold on to position, I felt sometimes. Well, I thought 84, I just, I just felt a bit more comfortable playing at that level. Um, and it was just a, you know wonderful to be able to you know to represent South Australia against Victoria in a state of origin game and um, and then of course uh, you know to run out on a grand final was was fantastic and you know, all the build up was fantastic and we played Nord who were you know the you know the, the arch rivals so it couldn't be a, a better clash um, and uh, yeah so Nord were just a bit too good a few points uh, too good on the day so I think you stand Duncan Fosdyke mainly that. Day I'm trying to think was Fozzy or I, Gags. Yeah, I stood for a little while, then I saw Jenkins came. Yeah, that's right. Danny came on for a while. Yeah. And then I, and I, yeah, I think then Duncan came went uh, back went to that wing. Yeah. No, he went in the forward line. He kicked yeah, the goal right, in the last right. quarter. We went forward. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he sort of went from yeah, he sort of went uh, from yeah the, the the from the ground there for a while. Then he went into the forward line. Um, and um, yeah, terrific bloke, Duncan. I actually worked with him, and um, just a great guy, great guy. And yeah, he was uh, a very, very good player. That's for sure. Very good overhead, Fozzie. Well, he's probably taller than people. He runs, he runs very low, but when he's, you know, he uh, he's got long arms, and he, you know, he probably he probably takes a mark like a six four really. So yeah. yeah, he was a he was a really good player. Now we have to ask. We have had uh, a couple of Nord guests uh, on the show, and we've asked them about the '84 Grand Final. Where were you, and what were you thinking when uh, Barm and Evans were going at it in the goal square? Well, if you look at the stats, it says uh, who got the first kick of the game. Yes, yes, yeah, that's so that true. Smothered. Exactly yep, yep, that's true. I was on the wing. I was running in by the by myself, so I could have taken the tap. I could have taken the kick. I could have then marked it again. Uh, <laughs> I didn't go, yeah, I, I was sort of hovering around that half forward. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was really quite full on, of course, and, um, you know, a few of, the, a few of the big boys got in it. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, some of the uh, smaller guys, a bit younger guys, we sort of just uh, we just uh, hung to the side a little bit, I think. <laughs> it's pretty incredible then at 18. So you've played a state game and played in one of the great grand finals and that. So then you just kept building. So... Uh, 86 is obviously the year to discuss. Marty Leslie, previous guest on the show, is, did say we had to remind mm-hmm. Ando that he won the best and fairest in, <laughs> yes. a, in uh, 86. He said, when you get yeah, Ando Marty on, was, just remind him of that. Yeah, Marty's a great player. Oh, geez, he's a good player. And, yeah. and uh, for a number of times, you know, he would uh, you know support me on the ground and, you know, he was just, it was just marvellous. You know, like, you know, he, I would say the whole five years I played with Marty, he could also have been the best team man the whole five years as well. So, you know, not was he a great player, but he was just such a great 
you know, person, teammate, friend to have alongside of you. And bloody big shoulders too, by the way. Oh, very good player. <laughs> mm. Of course, you were originally drafted by South Melbourne too, Ando. But, uh, yeah, that was back in, uh, actually, that, I, I got drafted, I reckon, in fourth year at school. So yeah, I which is crazy. I got drafted, which was really quite, really quite bizarre. So, um, um, yeah, so I uh, um, was, you know, it was just one of those circumstances where I'd look at the paper and all of a sudden my name's on this draft and I'm getting phone calls from the press going, do you know you got drafted? And I, I really didn't expect it and didn't know much about it. My dad knew a little bit about it. But I don't think they were ever serious about actually drafting me. But, yeah, somehow they must have had the, a spare pick right at the end and thought, well, we might as well give it to this young lad. We probably glossed over that a little bit too too quickly. Describe the uh, experience of McGarry Medal Night in 86, yeah, that's Andrew. what I was just about to say too. Yeah, it was, you know, because I was favourite. And I always remember um, Mark getting interviewed by Mark Aston and he said, oh, um, and he asked me about the previous winners and things like that. And I said, you know what? The one thing is that, that uh, Craig Bradley was favourite in 84 and John yes. Patton won it. Fantastic. That's great. Peter Motley was favourite in 85 and Grantley Filkey won it. And I thought maybe Bill Tom Lucky for the favourite. That's <laughs> so, fair. So anyway, that was, that was uh, anyway, it's one of those things. You just never know. I mean, it's a team sport. You're not... You're not running down a track, jumping hurdles, and you're the you got full control. And um, you know, you know, you're, you're one of you know 40 players in the way of from the time you you, you do preseason together to you know play the, the you know to uh, to get out in the field. Um, but you know, I always remember um, they said they got I think they said they got 20 or 30 more votes to go. And anyway, I was just I was trying to count them, and I think Darren Smith said something to me, and someone else said something to me, and. And I think, because I reckon I've only counted 10. And then Big Bob McLean put his hand over and said, congratulations, you're a McGarry medal winner. And I was going to say to Bob, no, they've still got 10 to go. But then Max Bashir said, congratulations to myself. Oh, wow. Well, no, yeah. I've got it wrong, not Bob. Yeah. Wow. So that was a, it was quite a, it was, yeah, really, you know, a great honour. And, a, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was, I suppose you, you feel like you're really representing your club, you know, like really you're wearing that blazer, you know, and going up there to get the medal, and it's for the Port. You're a Port Adelaide McGarry medalist, you know, and that's yeah. that was something that I, um, yeah, I just uh, just thought was just absolutely wonderful. And yeah, you know, also just probably there, the with Wally Miller, the two Doyen administrators of South Australian football too, and to have to have the great late Bob McLean tell you that straight first up, it's probably something you think of probably more as you've gotten older that. Almost a privilege to have had that those words uttered to you by by Big Bob. Yeah, well, yeah. You, I mean, you, you get in, you're, when you're young, you, you know, you're in your, your own little fast lane, yeah. and, and uh, you know, when I but when I actually when I first told that story, and there was a couple of early statesmen, and I said, well, you know, Bob McLean, you know, reached over from the table and stood up and shook my hand and said, you're, you know, and it was there, it was their reaction that really got to me. And then I realised that was Bob McLean. You know, that yes. is the Bob McLean that, you know, that congratulated me. So you do, I suppose, as you get out of that fast lane and, and you think some of the great moments in, in you know, in my sports, uh, that was one of them. Yeah, to be thanked by him 
who was Mr Port Adelaide. Yes. And then, um, obviously, Essendon came into the picture. How, how did that all eventuate? Yeah, um, I, uh, I, got a, I got a call from um, Kevin Egan, his name was, and he yep. was a recruiting manager. And, you know, at that stage, I'd played a couple of state games and, and uh, you know, I'd met Kevin Sheedy and... Um, and they just said, look, we'd love to talk to you about, you know, coming to Essendon. And I thought, you know, that was great. And I always remember Russell Ebert saying, if you're going to go to interstate, Greg, I reckon Essendon's the team because it's very similar to Port Adelaide in the culture. That's and, interesting. Uh, so, yeah, so his great words, you know, from a, you know, another unbelievable Port Adelaide icon, you know, probably number two or number one and Bob's number two, whatever the case may yep. be, yep. Uh, sort of steered me towards Essendon. So... Uh, and yeah, just 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 loved it there, and you know, real family, and and he was so right. It, it's you know the cultures are very very similar. Of course, playing yeah. under playing under Kevin Sheedy, you know, we'll get to the coach. You know, Kevin Sheedy, John Carroll, you've played under some absolute footy legends in that regard as well. Um, you know, Russell to start with. Uh, so yeah, in that way, but yeah, Sheedy, sort of like Mister Footy over there, Mister Headline almost that experience. Well, he is. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's. You know, his period, his period at the, the helm, which was, what, 20-something years. But, you know, there were periods there that he was Mr. Football. I mean, I know Ted Whitten was around and yeah. Dr. Barassi and, you know, you know, these other massive names. But when Kevin Sheedy talked, you listened, you know, and that was a football world. Um, and, yeah, you, so you, you, you couldn't be any more prouder, you know, representing SM Footy Club, but also Kevin Sheedy. And, and uh, you know, he, he was wonderful and he, he was tough. You know, he was... He was a very tough coach, you know, mentally and physically, and you know, um, you know, he, he, you had to have a hundred and ten percent commitment for that Guernsey, and that's how you played. Uh, and if you didn't, he would show you on Monday night in front of everyone, this is what you're not going to do, not at our club. Yeah, um, so he yep. Yeah, he sorted me out a couple of times, and um, we thought I could have probably gone a bit harder or, or um, chased a bit harder. Um, and uh, certainly highlighted that uh, that that's just not what we do at this club. So, yeah. So he was, uh, and I, I really think he got the, you know, like no question. I, you know, I, I think I've become a tougher, harder player uh, at Essendon. At Essendon, um, than I thought I, you know, would have been. Uh, and you don't know until you, you know, I suppose, you know, you don't know what level you're at. You think everything's pretty good, but I thought, geez, there was a couple of times I knew that he's he's watching me, and and I've got to go uh, extra hard on this one. And uh, yeah, so he was he was fantastic. Amazing that uh, Sheedy almost uh, in the kale mould of sort of making his players uh, play above themselves and really instill that confidence in them. And if they uh, needed to be told, they were told, and there was never an issue after afterwards. Very true. I mean, John Carl was. I mean, his words are just you know, it's it's like a song. You know, he he just gives you so much confidence, and and. Uh, and, and Kevin Sheedy just—he is there for you. You just have this. He has this presence that, you know, he's going to back you 110. percent You know, so yeah, a couple of, and you can see why both of those are just so incredibly successful at, you know, not just playing sport but also guiding young men to get the best out of their, out of their ability. And then, of course, you played in playing in the 1990 grand, uh, AFL Grand Final where that brawl at quarter time. Made the Tim Evans uh, new, uh, Craig Barn bit look like a Christmas picnic. That was full on. Uh, there were some decent was, punches thrown in that one, Endo. Yeah, that was a different legal level. Yeah, yeah that one. That was that was nasty. That that went on way too long than it yes. should have, and spread out to all different parts of trainers to 
uh, coaches to um, players on the bench to uh, yeah officials. It was yeah, it was a really and you know it wasn't wasn't great for football. I don't think. And, oh, it was quite bizarre because Essendon effectively lost the plot. There was no doubt whatsoever that Lee Matthews got Collingwood to settle and get on with the game more than what Essendon. Yeah, um, yeah. It was quite crazy, yeah, we, really. Yeah, we, I think they uh, we got two fifty meter penalties like within the next five minutes of play after quarter time. So, um, yeah, they obviously settled and, and uh, we hadn't. And, you know, before we knew it, they just kicked two goals and, and uh, we were really up against it. And uh, it was just yeah, just one of those uh, uh, games. Yeah, and, and quite often Essendon say it was very similar to 85 where, um, you know, Hawthorne probably, uh, you know, with the, with the uh, another, which you know, all in brawl, uh, uh, an 85, they didn't settle, and Essendon did, yeah. and, and they yeah. kicked away. You know, so uh, when you, yeah, it was it's pretty unsettling. You know, it's, it wasn't a melee. You know, like that was a really that yeah, was a, that was that I was at that grand fast. final. That was full yeah. on. Yeah. So that was uh, so it wasn't something that you you know you sort of you know just push the player off and say yeah well, let's just you know we just run back to positions. It, it just kept going and kept going and kept going and uh, you know it's uh, you know something that I, I've never been sort of and I hope. It's great that it's never going to be part of our game again. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was a, a pretty nasty incident. Yeah. Now we'll just go back a step a little bit. You made your AF, uh, VFL debut uh, against North Melbourne at Windy Hill, and we have had a, a, a quite a few of our guests who have come from the SNFL to the VFL uh, still playing at some of the suburban grounds. Were there any grounds that you liked being at, and 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 conversely not liked being at? Um, I, I mean, I. I really enjoyed playing Princess Park. I, um, you know, and I think in those days it was Carlton and Hawthorne yeah. had that, that particular yep. game. Uh, I should I say, um, I used to really like Whit Noble. Um, I think I think they actually made it for a wingman because maybe D- Doug Hawkins perhaps might have got the shape of the oval uh, to suit you know to suit a wingman. So that was always a really nice ground to play, and I and I love Moorabbin. I thought Moorabbin was a great game, great oval, great size. Uh, but they could never get the plumbing right because there was yes. certainly never yes. enough water yes. that was uh, that was coming through those shower heads. Uh, oh, they all, they always worked on a Friday night, though. They always worked on a they worked on a Friday night watering the ground, though at uh, Morabin. Yeah, they used to do that as well. So, uh, so a couple of great grounds, and you know, and uh, you know, I, you know, I remember my first game at Windy Hill, and you know, to play and. You know, in front of a packed, you know, packed audience uh, at Windy Hill, and I just, you know, was uh, was just wonderful. You hear about the history of it as you, when you get to Essendon Footy Club and and to actually run on that ground. It sort of uh, you know, really um, it brings it all together, brings the story together, and I and I think players miss that nowadays. I, I no question. I mean, you you know, you've got all these ex players, champions, you know, of of the club. That have you know they've made their statement on that oval and yeah now, I agree with you there uh, yeah now, of course they might go to MCG or they might you know they go to um, um, not Docklands Etihad whatever you want to call it yeah eight million different names so, yeah yeah so you you sort of that the suburban ground that that's what the culture and the and the club is all about you're fighting for your community community and um, so I felt really really pleased that I had a couple of years where I was I was only two years before we went to the MCG. Uh, but we were able to, uh, you know, play uh, plenty of games at Windy Hill. And then making the decision to come back to Adelaide, that would have been a 
you know, pretty hard decision to leave Essendon, uh, Greg. Yeah, it was really hard. But I had two children at that stage, and and uh, you know, it's really hard without your your parents as well and and family. Yeah. Um, and that, and I think that was, uh, you know, probably that was. And look, I love state footy. I absolutely loved it. it was you know, it was a, it was just a huge, you know. Uh, part of my life growing up i used to you know watch you know the south australia victoria and those games as young kids my dad used to take me i just thought oh my god you know to be able to represent your state and i just sort of felt all you know well i've got my family back here i've got my you know, I've got two children at that stage um and to sort of go back and sort of represent your club um would be uh, would, uh, sorry your state week in week out would be pretty special um yeah and it was and of course you know 93 you, where you had a very good year individually, uh, all Australian in '93. Um, does that mean more than the '87 one in terms of because it's over a whole season, not just a carnival sort of thing? And that does do you think of it, look upon those two differently at all, or those two achievements differently, or, or not? Oh, yeah, or am I reading probably, too much into it? No, probably no. I mean, I, it's one of those. I mean, you got to perform, and that and that's the that's the key, and you. You know, you've you've got to uh, perform in a carnival, and um, you know, and I suppose that was uh, how they picked it in those those days. And yeah, it was uh, I mean a huge thrill when I you know got you know, named All Australian. I was you know disappointed in 1990. I, I I think I got first emergency there, and yet I was uh, that was probably my, my best season. Um, and then uh, to, to actually then get the AFL one in '93, it was uh, um, yeah, it was it was wonderful. Yeah. No, we've got to bring back in 93. We've yep. got to bring it up. That bloody uh, the game. Yes, I was there. I still think the first half of that prelim final was the best footy Adelaide ever played. Um, did you get injured in that game, game Greg? I did. Yes. Yeah, I got, I got, uh, got injured at the, just about halfway during the second or the third quarter. Yeah, halfway during the third quarter. Wayne Wheaton cleaned me up, actually. A bit of friendly fire, and yeah, he, uh, um, yeah, got got. Uh, I sort of end up sort of sort of a bit of a dislocation of the hip, so I was yeah, I was cooked. So I was yeah, I was on crutches for about a couple of weeks after that. Uh, he's a big boy, we you know, running yes. <laughs> not going a hundred miles an hour. So I was just hoping that we could sort of uh, hang on, but uh, yeah, they did. I mean. You know, I, I think once the crowd got uh, behind Essendon when they started that run on, and I think we missed a couple of really easy shots. Yeah, Jars missed a sitter in the third quarter. Yes, and, um, and then we and it was sort of and it was they ended up doing sort of those two two lots of two goals turnarounds in that. Yeah, and that gave them a sniff, and that got you know what eighty odd thousand people were sniff and got behind their team, and and we just yeah we just sort of uh, um, yeah lost that little bit of run, and, and they got it. So you know that's football. And then Michael Long, of course, delivered again the next. He delivered those two games. Yeah. He was just incredible, incredible against us after half time. Yeah. And then his grand final was fantastic. Yeah, his grand final was unbelievable. After half time, I put him into the centre, and he he was, yeah. You know, we just I remember the start of the third quarter. I was sprinting as fast as I could, and they'd already got it out. You know, they got bounces went their yeah. way. Yeah, you know, the, the umpire bounces went their way. Yes, you know. Um, just everything just sort of fell into place and, you know, and, and then, you know, we got a few little injuries and a few niggles and we had to make some changes and then we just, you know, they just got that run on and, and wow, when you, you know, when you got that uh, 90,000 people supporting you uh, and 90,000 
people supporting against you. <laughs> oh, and and a, and a couple of, and a couple of people blowing the whistle that day. I've I've only ever watched that game again once. Just 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 watched it to think. Now I want to watch this again. Was the umpiring as bad as I thought it was live? And yes, it was. Once you remove the emotion, I've just watched a couple of decisions as an umpire and just thinking, oh, that is unbelievable. And that's coming from an umpiring perspective, not yeah, that's right. You know, somebody didn't know the rules, and yeah. yeah. So I've always had that game, and uh, yeah, in the 2012 prelim of the two, I uh, still call it very much the VFL competition. So. Yes, yes. I think we still call it that at times, yes. don't we? Yes. So there, Greg. You know, then back to Port and playing in a couple of Premiership sides, which must have been huge. You as a the you know your family were you the Anderson one who'd gone on to play league footy, where you you know you and being a huge Port family. And Danny, young. Danny did yep. say, make sure you make that point. Um, that would have been huge then to play in a couple of port flags. It, it was fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget going back to the club and, you know, I remember the line-up to get into Albert and Oval was just ridiculous. And thinking that, well, if that's the case, I must have only opened up the gates, you know, because there's, there's so many. There was, there's probably would have been six or 7,000 people outside the club. So I'm thinking they must have not opened the club as yet. And then to go in there and go to the club and look down on the oval and see it absolutely packed um, was was just something very very you know special and um, and then yeah that then singing the club song time and time and time again and having beers and having a laugh with uh, uh, you know, all your teammates and you're right it was just like yeah I got one beautiful. beautiful. And I, I so, take it uh, you didn't have any trouble getting in on this occasion, Andrew. <laughs> no bouncer. Bounce it, no, bounce bounce to let you in. I had uh, Timmy Jennifer next to me. He would have made sure I got in. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was fantastic. So uh, yeah, lucky to get uh, a couple of couple of uh, premierships there. So it was uh, that that was wonderful. And then the body started just to fall away a bit, just with niggles. Yeah, it did. yeah I I, uh, I tore my uh, calf away from my Achilles, sort of not the Achilles, but just at the junction there, and um, I. Yeah, I got um, yeah got so badly swollen. I had to go to hospital, and and yeah, the doctor sort of said, "Greg, you're probably not going any faster. Uh, might be time." And I just and I just knew that this was going to be a long, long way to get back. Um, and um, it was um, it was a pretty horrific injury. Um, so I, yeah, um, I just thought, yeah, I, I just I can't put my body through it anymore. And, and look, it. it you know, as much as you think, oh, I'd love to play another year of league footy, oh, I wouldn't have played league footy. There's, I know I, I was lucky to run out of sight in you know, a dark night, you know, and my speed was important. That was a big part of my game. So, you know, you can always, you know, people, oh, you should, have, you could have kept on playing, but no, I couldn't have because, one, I couldn't have run, and secondly, I, I wouldn't have made the grade. Yeah, when your body falls away like it, uh, unfortunately, like, you know, your, your, your pistons, your legs... Yeah, you're you're in a uphill battle there. I I know you're sort of saying that the the body was breaking down a little bit, but would you would you have loved to have been part of uh, the Port Adelaide AFL inaugural squad if everything and the timing was right and the body was good? Oh, no question. Yeah, look, I remember. Yeah, I think eighty five, eighty six. You know, first of all, they're talking about eighteen, which eventually happened sort of six years later with the Crows. 
and then um, you know hearing that you know it's not too far away from you know from Port Adelaide having a having a team um, it would have been wonderful. I, look, I I literally lived six houses away from Albany. I grew up there, six houses away. My father played for Port, played you know in a, in a reserve grand final. He played. Uh, uh, yeah, lots of Rosewater. My grandfather played Colts at Port Adelaide. His brother played down at Colts at uh, Port Adelaide. So we were real poor people. So yeah, to be you know to you know if I was you know like 22, 23, and and uh, you know going out to the power that that would have been wonderful. But yeah, it's just uh, um, it's you know everything it moves in different ways and. But to say that I actually played with the Essendon Footy Club and I played under Kevin Sheedy and, and I felt that I was a better player because of him, um, it's something I'm, you know, I, I really think is pretty, you know, pretty great to talk about as well. Fair call. Now, you ended up coaching South, South Adelaide. Now, there's a bit of, <clears throat> bit of ironry in uh, this one because it came down to out of uh, Greg Anderson and John Griffin for the job. And ironically, Griff had coached uh, Adelaide Uni mm-hmm. and that. And That's Gr- right. And Griff had uh, said, right, if I get the job, and he actually in his PowerPoint, he's a school teacher, um, it had used me in his presentation, I was actually going to have to go to work for South Adelaide if he got the job. So there's a there's a bit of ironry in that, uh, Ando. Yeah, well, we, we, um, yeah, we worked very, very closely together. Um, the one great thing about uh, John Griffin and, and obviously um, – Great football brain, number yes. one. But his his uh, his foresight, his his ability then to organise training groups down at uh, Mount Compass, his you know down at Encounter Bay, yeah. you know to really work the New South Zone because obviously it was new when they went down to Nolunga, they got different zones and lost some to Westies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, you know why? You know, yes, he was you know great as assistant coach, but he was doing so much work for junior development. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he he was absolutely brilliant and, and you know a great friend and we had a great time together. Um, probably would love a, a, a few more wins, um, but um, yeah, we uh, you know it was it was hard going because we only just moved to Nolunga and everything was sort of new and we lost some areas and some zones and um, you know we and, uh, we probably would like to probably had a, a bit better win loss ratio. I've always said that Chris is the best coach that I've been closely involved with, so. Yeah, yeah, and that, and then, Ando, you've been around the traps and the coaching. Like, if we interviewed you on your coaching career in general, we'd be going for another part, another couple of hours. It'd part be part three, three, part so four, part five. Go yep. through all of that. You've got you've been Gazer, Cove. Um, that's a couple off the top of head. Go through all of that and favourite experiences. At, at, you know, just on a community level, we'll probably go that angle, Ando. Well, I mean, like everything's everything's relevant. Yeah, you know? I mean, and uh, you know. You know, my time when I went to to, to Gazer, I, I I loved it. We uh, uh, were very tough and strong club, and and uh, um, I, I certainly enjoyed that. I, I really enjoyed the Cove. I I uh, just had some great friends there that I sort of knew through South Adelaide. Um, you know, great support. You know, incredible competition. Um, I, I still think the year we won the flag, we probably would have had you know thirteen or fourteen players that have played league footy before and I think I think uh, Morphevale did as well I think Brighton did as well I think Ronella did so the strength of the you know those probably the top eight sides were you know it was uh, was was outstanding football and uh, um, that was a, a really you know great period of coaching um, myself and 
and then I um, went to Jeps Cross, which yeah, we it was a tough club. We you know we really I think they'd won a game one game the year before, um, and we end up making finals my first year there. Um, it was yeah, it was a it was it was sort of hard work, um, but um, but yeah, I just I, I think I I really enjoyed my time at Sunning Nations. So I thought it was fantastic, and um, I was sort of yeah. Um, you know, it's probably uh, you know different sort of culture there again than what I was sort of head coach before, and and really warm to it. And just some you know tremendous people that I, I still spend a lot of time with uh, today. Um, and uh, that was uh, you know it's a great period of my life. You know, coaching was fantastic. I and mean, you you know it's uh, you you walk down you know in the city, and you look at uh, you know like 14, 15 years of coaching by you know 20, 30 players. Um, there's a lot of players that I coach. Yes. You it's know, a lot of people you run in around the tracks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, you know, you, and you don't, you don't think of that until you, you, you finish coaching. You, you walk down the port and someone goes, G'day, Greg, how you going? I said, okay, mate. And he goes, oh, man, I, I used to coach me at Jeff's Cross. Oh, that's right, that's uh, Mark. That's the one, you know. So yeah. that happens a lot, you know. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so it's, um, um, yeah, so it was just a wonderful time and I really enjoyed it. And, and uh, But you still... You know, it's still hard not to say that my, you know, my most favourite moment in, in uh, coaching was when, you know, it was the first time that uh, Hallett Cove uh, won the uh, the A1 flag. That was that was really special. Of course, married to uh, Helen and being part yep. of the uh, Hanson clan is uh, more than entertaining. I, I will say, Danny's one of her best mates, uh, your brother-in-law, yeah. and yeah, it's always. Always great fun to spend time with the Hansons, and you uh, you, you always yeah. walk away pissing yourself laughing. It's never too it's intense, those, uh, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's one of those uh, pre-season nights. That's how I put it down to. When you're going there, you've got to be prepared. You've got to. <laughs> yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, that's that's a fair and, call uh, for the Hansons. You've yes. just done ten four hundreds and ten three hundreds, and uh, you know, and uh, you've just got a you know uh, shirt front by uh, Rossi Ages, and then cleaned up later by Martin Leslie. So, <laughs> no, it's a on the wall. Call those guys, uh, um, yeah, family and, and brothers-in-laws and sisters-in-laws and all that sort of stuff. Oh, so very lucky. Very much people. irrelevant that who you were in footy. Don't worry, you will get the Mickey taken out of you within point oh oh one of a second in terms of a at a Hanson <laughs> event. Oh, so. Very true. Yes. Yeah. And work-wise nowadays, mate. Uh, we're one nowadays. We've got uh, a flooring business, so it's uh, called Floor and Trade Depot, and and uh, yeah, we're a supplier uh, to um, flooring contractors, and 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 uh, uh, not only just accessories, but also uh, um, whether we carpet tiles um, that we put in front of architects and designers and builders, or carpet or or floating floors and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, we're, we're very very busy, which is great. Do lots of schools and hospitals, and supply lots to aged care. So. Yeah, so far so good, which is nice. And we always like to ask uh, our guests uh, about some of their obviously favourite experiences, but maybe three or four of the toughest players or best players you played against uh, that you, you you just loved playing against them, but hated them for obviously playing so well and played with and played with. Yeah, probably the uh, yeah. When you, I mean, you, I mean, I always think. Uh, just an incredible footballer, and I had some really good battles with him. And and uh, uh, it was Darren Mullane, and you know, and yeah. he, he was a close friend. But but uh, you know, we never sh- we, we shook hands at before a, a, a you know battle, and away we went. And you know, I, I really 
I found it very tough to stand him. He was a very tough player, mm. but also it was a great challenge as well. You know, same with Gipper and Doug Hawkins. Uh, Stephen Stretch was a was a sensational wingman uh, when I used to play against him at Melbourne and West Torrens. Quick stretch. Uh, Grantly Filky, of course. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, there was yeah, so much. You know, Mark Bays, you know, a Murphy from the yep. Sydney Swans. There was a lot of great wingmen around uh, in, in my era, you know. So, you know, you've got the Catwood brothers as well. And, you know, for Main, Wear- Main Waring and uh, Matera yeah, at West Coast, yeah. So, uh, you know, Craig Turley as well. He used to sneak on the wing. So, uh, there was, yeah, there was lots of, there was Nathan Burke, of course, was a wingman. So there was a, it seemed to be, uh, a, you know, a, a, a real battle every, uh, every, every, every Saturday or, you know, uh, game, uh, because there was, there was so much talent, uh, on, on, on both wings that you, you're running out, uh, out on the ground to. Now, some of the players are, are really, I really, uh, you know, enjoyed playing with, like, you know, obviously Craig Bradley was just incredible, um, player, just, um, you know, Tim Watson was incredible. Uh, Terry Danaher was fantastic. Martin Leslie, I've spoken, you know, said about Martin. Um, so yeah, I've been really lucky there. I mean, I've, you know, so many, so many great, uh, great players and great personalities, and and uh, now our great friends. And one thing we've still got to mention for the end, because we would have been shot if we hadn't the mullet. You're famous for your mullet, Ando. It virtually, virtually hasn't changed. Uh, the rest of us are quite jealous that you've still got your bloody hair as much as that too, Ando, you prick. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, just, uh, it's just hanging in there. It's just hanging in there. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is incredible. I, I know Helen got some photos out. Uh, I don't even know where she got them from, actually. And I think it was a photo of me in grade four or five. And, you know, my hair was exactly the same as it is now. And I was going, oh, this is sad, you know. But anyway, it's... Uh, I think my mum, I think she wanted another daughter because I know I used to wear it in a ponytail in grade like one and two at school. <laughs> uh, so I've just, I've always had it, I've always had it long, except for my 30th birthday when uh, silly Andrew Jarman and Dave Pittman and Peter Caven and Rod Jamison and my two brothers, uh, yeah, gave me, uh, yeah, cut my hair off. So that was, um, that was a, that was sort of the only time I ever had it short. You did mention, uh, or Malcolm did mention about family and all the shenanigans that go on. A couple of Port players that always used to, to be practical jokers and then maybe the Essendon and the Crows players. Is there people you needed to steer clear of from that point of view? Yeah, I think with Port, you know, no question Bomber Clifford. I, yes. I think uh, some of his antics, uh, actually being a young lad, it sort of scared me a little bit because I was just really worried that he, if he picks on me, I don't know, I can handle it. <laughs> so he was, he was a really strong character, just so funny and, and, you know, wanted to make people laugh. Um, and uh, lucky enough, he didn't pick on me too, too many times. Uh, George Fiacci, of course, you know, Timmy Genova, you know, um, uh, really, really great personalities of, 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 of the club. And, and then Alan Nizard from Essendon was, was, was great. And uh, Billy Duckworth was a, he was a, he was a character. Paul Salmon was, uh, he was always looking after, looking for a, a laugh as well. So, uh, and then the Crows, you got, you know, Rod Jamison, uh, Kimmy Costa. Uh, he probably got picked on more than he gave out. But anyway, that's Kimmy. <laughs> uh, Peter Caven, a great character. Um, Andrew Jarman, of course. Uh, uh, what a, you know, what a, what a wonderful human being that guy is. Um, and, uh, just a, a wonderful friend, and he was he was a he was a great guy, and probably probably the one I think was a bit heroic for me was Paul Salmon. We I got him asked to do um, uh, oh, is, is it the prime, start of the century? 
Okay. And what happened? I was uh, when the when the, the old you know when they come to the uh, you can go you can do shopping. Remember you could do shopping. Yeah. And yeah. So it was weight, it was weights equipment. So you know you give up five or ten points to to get the the, the weights equipment all that sort of stuff. Anyway, yeah. they asked me to do it. So I went out and, you know, the start of the century and Tony Barber said, well, here's a gift shop. And there I was, you know, doing the lap pull down on this this uh, weights machine and he asked me a few questions about the finals and stuff like that. And that, that was all good. And I got a couple hundred bucks for it. Beautiful. But then, well, after it aired, the team was brutal on me. Yeah, I can that imagine. Was that was brutal. I, I really just wanted to find a corner and say, <laughs> oh, my God, these guys are ruthless. And Paul Salmon, I always remember him saying, well, Geez, it's going to be terrible when they, the guys find out uh, I've been on Neighbours. And, <laughs> and they just hit, they hit Paul. They were just going for him. And, and I always remember, and that's why you know, be my best man, I thought, mate, thank you so much. And, you know, you knew I, was, I was drowning. And uh, yeah, he, do, he reflected it beautifully. And, uh, but he never did go on neighbours. He just threw he threw that out just to take the pressure off me. So, that's gold. Yeah, funny crap, so, you know... Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah. Yes, they can be ruthless. Doesn't matter what level. Yep. Yes. Oh, so everything's relevant, as I said. Yes. Yes. Hey, Ando, greatly appreciate your time. Um, fantastic having you on the show, and uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you at a Hanson family show where Lovely, where both of us will be pissing ourselves laughing. Thanks, thank you, buddy. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Th- guys. Thank you, mate. And uh, we've enjoyed, uh, obviously, that story and that last story you gave us. Uh, I think might be our little promo for yes. next next week. I reckon. <laughs> so thanks for that, oh, that's mate. Good. Thank you. No worries. All right. Thank you. You're listening to the Game On podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Mate, Greg was fantastic uh, in that interview and obviously gave us a little bit of gold right at the end there with uh, Paul Salmon yeah. and uh, his exploits on Wheel of Fortune or Sale of the Century. Century. And, um, and and obviously his career. I mean, when you read out his stats when we first started, uh, you know, that, that could have been the uh, the entire segment. Uh, obviously a very, very good footballer and uh, deserving of McGarry medalists and some premierships and got to play at Port Adelaide, Essendon and Adelaide. Yeah, Really good athlete, the elite runner on the wing on that left leg, the long striding left leg. We you know, we touched a little bit on athletics where he was considered a genuine chance and hurdles. I think he played himself down down a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we did skip over that a little bit more than what we would have liked to have, but that's okay. Yeah, but no, nah, great chat and uh, yeah, really enjoyed it and a good bit of fun. Absolutely, when we thank Ando for his time. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Happy Days. All right, we move on to Happy Days. Happy birthday to Jackson Haightley. We did talk about him previously uh, or a little bit earlier in one of our segments about players that might get an opportunity Obviously, originally drafted in 2018 by the GWS Giants, drafted as a midfielder, obviously. Uh, born in Canberra before growing up in Adelaide, Haley played 12 SNFL games for Central Districts in 2018. Uh, the, and as a 17-year-old, he won All-Australian selection for his performance for South Australia at the NAB Under-18 Carnival or Championships. Uh, he was selected in the first round with pick 14 of the 
2018 draft, as yeah. we said, and then got traded to Adelaide and hasn't really found his feet. No, look, he's a good SNFL player. Um, I know that Central's a very, very keen to get him back to the Ponderosa, mm-hmm. which will happen. Yep. Um, but, yeah, just his disposal just didn't hurt teams, wasted the ball or just a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Got it okay, but I, I never think he worked out with it inside or outside and what he was meant to do. I reckon he's just one of those guys, very unlucky, yep. that little bit above the SNFL but below the other, yep. below the AFL. Is it a case of being in the wrong place at the wrong time? I mean, obviously at GWS, uh, you know, they're still in their development stages. They've obviously had a lot of high-end draft picks trying to find your feet a little bit. Maybe, but he's been in the system for a fair while yep. now. I, I just don't think he took the chances. You can argue he didn't get enough chances at the top level, but, you know, I think I saw him play live five times this year. Yep. and. I was always a bit no, nah, just not quite. Nah, yep, no, nah, feckle. That's all right. No feckle. We well, we wish Jackson a yeah. happy birthday. Definitely. If he does end up back at the Ponderosa, like you said, breaking news maybe, um, or not so much breaking news, but um, uh, we'll see how he uh, goes at the Dogs next year. All right, we move on. This week in 1986, uh, F1 uh, French uh, McLaren driver Alain Prost retains his Formula One ch- drivers' championship. With a victory in the season-ending Australian Grand Prix, guess where? In yeah, Adelaide, uh, wins the title by two points from Nigel Mansell. They were the glory days, weren't they? It was awesome when it was here. Adelaide really did come alive. Yep, it, it is the perfect location. Bang, you walk out and you're in. You're in town. It was huge. It was. It was. Yeah, it was good being the races, but I actually enjoyed probably more just the vibe around Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Probably even more than than the race side of it. Yeah, yeah, well, I actually remember being taken as a school excursion to the first one in 85. <laughs> so that, that's, you know, my memories of, of, of that. And I think we were all given a, a, a white T-shirt that had the Grand Prix. It was the greatest advertisement yeah. and the best uh, day off of school you could ever have apart from uh, mini-league footy training and all that kind of stuff as well. So I do remember one Grand Prix where we may have climbed up the back of a private box and... Uh, no one challenged us the whole day, ah, so yeah, cool. it was a good day. Uh, that. We've yeah. all got we've all got our memories yeah. of the uh, Formula One Grand Prix. All right, we move on to running uh, in 1984 and in 85. Uh, the New York Women's Marathon was won by Greta Waltz in two hours, twenty nine minutes, and thirty seconds. Not only did she do that in 84, she then bettered it in 85 with two hours, twenty eight minutes, and thirty four seconds. Can't argue with that, can you? It's a you know. Two thirty, sort of the the benchmark. It's push the button. It was sort of like the four minute mile when yes. Bannister broke that. That was the Olympic site, the running in terms of women's marathon that time. And yeah, she did actually win this incredible. on multiple occasions. Yeah. But this particular, these particular two years stand out for me because not only did she do it once, she did it back to back, but then also better better her time, which is fa- absolutely fantastic. Yeah. All right, we move on to cricket. Nineteen sixty three, Australian opening back. Batsman Bob Simpson scores 359 for New South Wales v Queensland in a Sheffield Shield match at the Gabba in Brisbane. Thought you might like this one. Yeah, once he got himself in, Bob Simpson, he tended to get himself in. And look, on last week's uh, the millionth run of Alan Border, I did let uh, Tim May know, and he did say, I will let 
AB knows. Mm-hmm. So our show at least is glowing global in that yep. regard. Fantastic. So yes. yes. I can't wait to hear the reply on that yes. one there. And uh, from, this one's a little bit for me there. In 2018, uh, baseball, baseball's World Series, the Boston Red Sox beat the LA Dodgers 5-1 in Game 5 at Dodgers Stadium to win their ninth franchise, franchise uh, title for history. And the MVP utility was Steve Pierce. Yeah, can't argue with the old Boston Red Sox back then. Yeah. Well, the yep. cur- curse of the Bambino was yes. around for a long, long time. Yes. And then all of a sudden they Kabanski. broke it. And they had some success there yeah. through multiple years, yeah. which was fantastic. So uh, I had to bring that one up uh, no, just for my sanity no, at the moment. Not a problem with that. <laughs> all right, let's scoot into the Extra Time Big Finish. Extra Time Big Finish. All right, we're going to kick off with soccer. We don't have it on the run sheet, but um, uh, we did actually talk about adding it. Um, Adelaide United kicking off their uh, season very, very well uh, at uh, Highmarsh Stadium. Yeah, 3-0 against Central Coast Mariners. It was a great result. Front of good crowd and all and that. Um, so, yeah, promising start. So, I admit I uh, haven't asked my son yet, but I reckon Sunday Adelaide United and Melbourne City, and depending on what time I get away from the parade, is a possibility. Possibility? Yes. No, fair call. Uh, Adelaide United losing Simon Goodwin... Uh, very late. No, in, not Simon. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Adelaide, good effort for Simon there, but yeah. Adelaide United losing um, uh, Goodwin yep. uh, relatively late in the in the piece. Um, looks like that the, the structure that um, Adelaide United have got, you know, has helped them a little bit and maybe there's that little bit more team mentality rather than relying on one or two people. Yeah. And we have seen that happen. The promising bit from Adelaide is Calvier is very much about giving Adelaide local kids a go. And I think that's really won people over uh, in Adelaide. And a couple of youngsters there showing a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. And Halloran stepped up to the plate. So, look, hopefully it's the start. Um, you know, we're on top after one game. Hey, Can't argue with that. No, we so, won't. Yeah. Definitely won't. Yeah. All right, let's go a little bit more globally. Malcolm Ange Postacoglu, turbocharged yes. start uh, to life in the English Premier League. Uh, goes on after his Tottenham side returned to the top of the table after a 2-0 uh, win over London rivals Fulham. Oh, Can look. the man do anything wrong at the moment? They they love him. We love him. Uh, you know, he's done a long apprenticeship. Obviously, Australia um, uh, Australian coaching is now getting recognised a little bit and, and he does have something to offer. Oh, look, it's it's huge. You know, Okay, they're they're only two points on top of Man of Tottenham on top of Man City and Arsenal and Liverpool a point further back, um, but just a great start and yeah they're singing songs about Ange being Australian and yep. yeah it's huge and look I think those of us on, you follow Premier League but you do get the bit where Man City you know, at Chelsea Man United Man United yep have yep. dominated. It'd be great. Like, I think the year when Leicester won it was just one of the great achievements. Yes, you know, up there with any sporting achievement. And look, Tottenham at the moment, yeah, keep going. It'd be it'd be huge. A little bit like Adelaide United, uh, not flashy with massive stars. Well, they lost bit Kane of, at Harry yeah. Kane at the start, and, and, and yeah, and a bit of an all round effort. And and Ange is empowering them to play aggressive, entertaining football and. 
it's paying, it's reaping absolutely rewards at the moment. So congratulations to Ange Postacoglu. Oh, as a QPR supporter and we're bombing in the championship, don't worry, I've jumped aboard the Tottenham train. <laughs> I'm not going to bring up uh, QPR, mate. I'll yes. leave that one for you to, to uh, dwell on, just like I have to, I had to for the MLB season this year with the Red Sox. So we'll, we'll uh, put some of those uh, demons to bed for, for now anyway. Uh, the Matildas back on Australian soil uh, for a couple of qualifying matches over the next uh, couple of weeks. And they should should progress there comfortably. And Yeah, but... Great to have them back on the Australian soil. Uh, Amazing uh, how those uh, games got moved from smaller venues now to Optus Optus Stadium. Yes, which is promising in terms of you would hope that because that's been matched with uh, demand. So that's, uh, yeah, good news. Absolutely. All right, we move on to horse racing. The Melbourne Cup Carnival obviously kicking off. Um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, a little bit of AFL slash horse racing um, crossover. Will Hayes ditched his AFL career to join his brothers yeah. and is now saddling up um, a hot Cox plate contender, Mr. Brightside. Yeah, on Saturday, that'd mm. be, it'd be huge. So, yeah, it's a, a big call and, yeah, all the best. Great to see an AFL player, you know, turn, obviously, in this case, horse trainer, but life after football, you know, and he's obviously on a good one, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, if they can go well in the Cox Plate this weekend, well, you never know. And horse racing can be quite a uh, lucrative sport in oh. some in some spaces. He gets up in the Cox Plate on the weekend, don't worry. He, he could afford to buy you and me a drink. Mate. Absolutely. I can't wait for that to happen. If it happens, shout out to Will, uh, Will yes. Hayes. All right, we move on to uh, car racing, sort of following uh, Oscar Piastri and Ricardo a little bit. Obviously, both of them a bit yeah. unlucky in the USA Grand Prix, both uh, having to be retired because of uh, some damage or some uh, unlucky damage. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of a worry, but hopefully all okay and all that. But, yeah, it's um, a little bit... Disappointing at the moment for for yeah just started to see Pia- sort of thing yeah, so we'll see how we go wanted to see Piastri you know he, he yeah. did well last week starting to show a bit more promise and then uh, through no fault of his own I think it was on the first lap that he uh, was involved in a bit of a tangle and that was it uh, uh, pit crew called it off and said look can't do any more and uh, Ricardo was a bit of a weird one uh, something went wrong and they pulled a bit of uh, fiber and basically destroyed the front end of the car so very interesting all right and tennis. Let's finish us off. Uh, do we see Rafa returning? It's a hard one for yeah, me. I, I doubt it. I just don't think his body will catch up uh, realistically. Look, love it to happen, but, you know, yeah. Does he I, come I, back for nostalgic reasons or does yeah, he come I, back for, for, for playing reasons? I think the longer that this sort of goes on, the more I find that it's going to be harder and harder and yeah, harder for him. Why not go out on a high now, maybe? Yeah, I, I would prefer that. All right, and let's move on to our last subject, the good, the bad, the ugly for this week, mate. I How just want to go on the ugly. Yep. I want to have a real crack at the South Australian Cricket Association. At stumps on the third day, New South Wales are six wickets down. They still charge the $10 entry fee. And bearing in mind, it's not only the $10 entry fee, yep. it's $17 to park your car or your walk down, yep. et cetera. Yep. So, that. so they've done that. The game went for 48 minutes. There were 52 people in Adelaide Oval. I did count. Mm-hmm. Um, not 53. So they have employed, and bearing in mind you're employing people, yep. now that's got to be three hours minimum employment uh, employment time. So they've employed four people for three hours 
for 50 people there, and bearing in mind the majority of them would have been members. So yep. they would have been lucky to take $50 while they're spending on four-star. Mm -hmm. It is crazy. The lack of people going to Shield Cricket, you are lucky to get 100 people there nowadays. For goodness sake, Maybe swallow your time. pride. Yep. No, the sacra, no other state's doing it. Mm -hmm. For goodness sake, throw it open. Their bit yep. is they've got to give better value to the members. Well, I'll tell you what, that's not the members' thoughts around. Swallow your pride, admit it, admit you're wrong, mm -hmm. and show, show a brain. Fair call. All right, we might leave it on that one. I'll leave my good, the bad, the ugly for this week because uh, I reckon we could probably make a whole other show out of yep. the good, the bads, and the uglies. But um, it's been one of those uh, one of those weeks in sport where just everything seems to happen at once, and then you get nothing for a little bit, and then everything seems to happen again. So. We'll leave it there, but I want to thank Greg Anderson yes, for his time fantastic. today. Fantastic interview. Uh, I'd like to thank you once again, Malcolm, for uh, for helping me out we with this look podcast. look forward to a big guest next week. Too. We do, and yes. can't wait for that one to to happen. We, we won't give any clues on it, but uh, it's going to be a big guest. So thank you once again to everybody for joining us, and we look forward to uh, us doing better next week, and we'll see you then. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.